Welcome to the Shark Pod, the podcast that explores business and lifestyle design in Ireland and beyond. And now, live from Greystone Studios, here are your hosts, Luke Curry and Mark Baker. What is up, Shark Nation? Luke Curry here, your uh, your usual host here on the podcast. Uh, this is the the second time we tried to get this going with some technical difficulties, but we're here now. Um, as usual, uh, Mark Baker's out there in Glenageary, uh, but we've got our our guest here today, Connell O'Moran. How are you doing, Connell? I am exceptionally well, thank you very much. You're very welcome here to the Shark Pod. Uh, the, the 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 thing that we want to have a chat with you today about is me. Me, and Mark, were actually talking about this um, earlier on, how to kind of frame this conversation, and maybe just to give the the listeners uh, a background of, of the type of uh, career that you've had. I would say that you're like a broadcaster in the last say twenty years, but also. Um, also an entrepreneur with the media group uh, you worked for rt you were a stockbroker for a while as well and also a goyle school uh organizer as your first job so there's a there's a lot to cover there uh wh- how would you describe wh- what you are today kind of uh media curious i suppose is the best way of putting it is if there's anything at all in media that i can get involved in i'm terribly terribly interested in it and bits of pieces that you may not know about me is that it kind of runs in the family my dad who is no longer with us he was chairman in rte he had a newspaper my granddad who was a most unusual collection of a Presbyterian Gaelgior. He had his own uh, newspaper as well. So wow. then I bought uh, or I set up a, a newspaper down in Athlone at one stage, the Athlone Voice. I had a newspaper in UCD called Gobshout. That was one of my, my better enterprises where um, myself and a few other pals used to put together basically the cost of mag. And I made an awful lot of money relative when I was in third year i think in college wow. i made an awful lot of money out of that so that was a lot of fun and um maybe and was the gossip it's a pity to keep that up. and and was was the was the gossip bag was that like uh for like famous people or just people around the college or what was that oh, just college just college oh. so you know i'd say uh we saw luke and mary yesterday now luke may not have even heard of mary but Luke had to buy the newspaper. This is back in the days of a newspaper. And Mary had to buy it. And Mary's pals and Luke's pals, and they all have a laugh. And so long as I didn't libel them, and we didn't end up in court. But it was always very, very close to the bone, um, being circumspect exactly on what we used to say about people. Wow. But um, it was obviously, there were lots of inferences always about everything. It was, it was complete mm, made-y-uppy stuff, really. But it sold exceptionally well. There were 10,000 I think students in UCD back then, and within two hours we sold two thousand copies uh, of a newspaper or a magazine, and um, at fifty old pence each plus advertising. Wow! You can do the maths. It was wow. very, very lucrative. And when you when you so I know we're we're kind of jumping around here, but when you started that was was that something in your head going okay this is where I'm going to make my fortune now if, if I'm if I'm getting twenty percent of the of the population. Uh, to buy this we can just magnify I, that just something that i wanted to do because there's, there are many 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 things i wanted to do uh, i was also the previous year i was the students union president 
which is a full-time role in UCD. And that kind of gave me a taste for things. And there were some old scores I had to settle. And the best thing was to put them into print. And uh, I, I, I do a lot of things just for the fun of it, because um, some of the things were not that lucrative, fortunately. <laughs> but they involved media. And once it involves media, I'm in. Uh, I tried to buy, uh, buy, I pitched for the national radio license, uh, the one that was given to the um, century back in 100 years ago. And I also pitched for a local Dublin radio license as well uh, with a lot of my colleagues from RTE. And what we were going to basically do there was take what I thought was the best, better people in that RTE, bring them out and put them into another radio station. And um, since RTE Radio 1 had the audience, still has the audience, if there was a second one which looked very like it with the same people, Richard Crowley, for example, was involved with me, um, I thought it would make a lot of sense that uh, we just, you know, yourself, 20% of uh, a very large market is still a very large market. Yeah. Uh, we weren't going to reinvent any wheel. And if you remember, century went pop. We didn't get the license, so um, I wasted money and time on that one. But you always have to try those things. Otherwise, you'll never find out. Absolutely. And was that straight after college or was that, was that kind of later on in your career when you got that mm-hmm. gun? That was later on. That was when I was stockbroking. So I spent eight years in RTE. I had a fabulous time there. I loved as a guy. Uh, you're based in uh, Greystones. There's a lovely man down in Greystones called Peter McNiff, who was my first boss. And he taught me like no other, uh, very much into the deep end. One day, I was, we were prepared, we, we, we used to do, it was television, I used to, I was involved with a TV program called Countrywide, huge audiences, I think, bef- uh, except for the nine o'clock news, which was the absolute mainstay, this is back during the Northern Ireland Troubles time, so a lot of people were, you know, absolutely smitten by watching TV news and seeing the new awful things that had happened, the other, the second most popular show was Countrywide, which was news from around the country um, on RTE. And uh, Peter McNiff being my boss, we were just given free reign to go find interesting stories and do them away. But one day he phoned in, he said he couldn't make it in and that I was going live into studio, uh, live live TV. And that is a daunting prospect of lots. I love it now. And uh, I learned one huge lesson on that first night that I was on. You'll understand from even from this podcast that you have a fair idea how many questions you need prepared for, say, an hour. Well, all I had to do was three minutes, and I had 13 questions prepared on live TV. can't remember what the subject was, but I ran out of questions. <laughs> That is not a very nice feeling. <laughs> and afterwards, it was as plain as plain to anybody who knew what was going on, that it was a bit of a disaster in front of the camera. And uh, afterwards, I remember Peter rang me back, old-fashioned phone, hello, Peter here. Are you? And all he said to me was, you'll never do that again. And D- Did he mean that you, you, was, won't, you won't that do it again? Or? fantastic <laughs> lesson. You won't do it again in the sense that next time you'll do it better. Okay, that's okay. what you learn. All, all that kind of stuff that you learn in uh, you know MBAs and MBSs and MBA everything else is, is uh, you learn from those experiences. And my good God, 
I have never in many, many, many years of broadcast since never had that problem because I wouldn't let it happen again. I know what was wrong. I asked questions where the answer was yes or no. Simple, simple um, lesson to anybody listening who wants to get on in broadcasting. Never ask a question where the answer is yes or no. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Like I was just on a, on a call earlier on trying to, I was coaching one of my friends to, uh, for a, an interview, uh, like a role play interview for a sales job. Um, and in the place where I work and I was saying to him, when we were running through it, he, there was a few questions there where the, it was a one word answer and you know, it's going to be a one word answer. So never ask those answers because that doesn't get, or ask those questions because those don't, uh, open up anybody. They'll just give you exactly what you asked for. It's very, uh, very simple. So, and that's why we have these, <laughs> these types of questions on the podcast where it's like, what do you think about that? That could be, that could be a half an hour where the person it goes off. Like, could. Anything that has an emotion or how do you feel about, or yep, yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, listen, how do you feel about uh, podcasting? Is that a... <laughs> it's a very, actually, a really interesting question, and I'll tell you why. Because I've obviously, what, what happened, for those of you who uh, don't know what I've been doing for a few years, I was for 13 years on the Sunday Business Show on Today FM, and we did, and I always said this, we did business differently. Why? I prefer the way we do business rather than other people do business we're not um we we don't want to catch people out i love the nutty people who go into business they're my absolute go-to's i you have to be crazy i call them the misfits you have to be a misfit to go into business on your own and what i always want to know is just about their journey or how they got there what they're going to do what they dream of how difficult it is etc so Two years ago, in its wisdom, Today FM decided that it was uh, no longer, what was it? They used some term like, we, we didn't fit into their um, formula or form, format or whatever. So they took us off, which is a bit silly because we had 90,000 listeners and we were the most listened to show on a Sunday. Fine, that's a commercial decision on their part. So I hadn't taken off, it was a Sunday, it was live, and I hadn't taken off a Sunday in 13 years. What that means as well is I didn't take a holiday that was longer than six days in 13 years. And that just comes down to basic paranoia. <laughs> <laughs> I loved, I really loved that show so much. And I really, I had actually, I had one guy once came in, Brian O'Donovan, who is now RTU's man in, um, in uh, Washington. Such a lovely gentleman. And Brian, I, I, something big happened and I needed somebody in a hurry. And Brian was, may have been working in news talk at the time anyway, so he popped in and uh, covered for me. But anyway, so after two, 13 years, I took six months off. I, was like a, I actually went on a holiday or two. And then I started plotting as to how I could get back into broadcast. And I'm going to answer your podcast question in a second now. Yeah. And I could really find a way to find an audience because that's the difficulty finding an audience when you have a radio station there is a ready-made audience for you when you guys started out when i started out you start with nobody zero people listening now fortunately things have been kind to us so we built it up rather rapidly but Podcasting is a work in progress for all of us because nobody knows where it's going to go to. My, 
I hope it's an informed belief, is, and I think you'll, I hope you'll agree with me on this, I think it's curtains for what we call old-fashioned radio. I have kids who are in their 20s. I doubt if they know where the on or off button is on the radio. And I'll go further. I don't doubt if they even know when or where the radio is in this house. They don't use radio. They use Spotify. They use any of their apps. They're not listening to radio. And that's where I say, and I, like, I, I don't like saying this because a lot of my friends work in music radio. I can't see a future for it. Who is going to listen to the top 10, top 100 when you can listen to it yourself? You can make it up yourself. And then Spotify, if you like, such and such a song or such and such, a, such, and such a genre, Spotify will give you another 100 or 1,000 of those types of music. And I just can't, I, I, I'm Willie O'Reilly, my former boss today, FM, who does know a lot about radio. He completely disagrees with me about this. And I just don't see where it's going to go. And I do, I mean, this is uh, anybody who follows me on LinkedIn will see that I frequently put up postings of the general lowers, the uh, listener um, ratings. I just don't believe them. I'm sure they're put up there by very well-meaning people. But frankly, I do not believe them. I think that podcasting will be it. But the problem with podcasting is for anybody anywhere, there are, I think, now one million plus podcasts. Where do you find it? How do you find it? And that's why, again, for those listening who don't know what I'm now doing, and I have to fill in the little gap there, is, uh, and I'll get to that in a second, we started that great business show uh, with Zero, and Jamie Heaslip, a rather well-known uh, rugby player, uh, is part of the Conquer the World uh, thinking here. He's got 600,000 followers on social media, and he... I'm delighted to say Jamie, had been on the radio program with me twice and I got on very well with him. And by complete chance, I had done nothing to do with this, uh, he came to me and he said he wanted to get into podcasting. Would I have a chat? And a penny, a very big penny, dropped with me that he and I could do a business podcast because he is an engineer, entrepreneur, investor, business coach, and he, he tipped so many things, and he was just ideal. And I'm now on, we're now on episode eight. To, this week would be episode nine. You're episode 50. We've got some catching up to do. And it's just going from strength to strength. He is brilliant to work with. So what I had done just for that, to fill in that gap, there were two years, and I just was messing around thinking of how best to do it. Because the challenge for you guys, the challenge for me, and the challenge for everybody else in podcasting is to stand out and to be found. And the amount of work we're putting into uh, social media and into your own area there, Luke, uh, um, the, the, the whole CRM, customer relationship management, uh, you're familiar with through HubSpot, is that's where it's at. You have to engage almost on a one-on-one -on -one with a mass audience that takes an awful lot of work and a lot of time 
but it's back. It's good fun because you're back to the people, the people who now tune in. They're dedicated. They love you. We love them. And they are what we now call Team GPS, Great Business Show. And the reason we call it that Great Business Show, and I hope both of you will laugh at this because if you don't, I won't be happy, is we call it that Great Business Show because every guest has to say, I was on that Great Business Show. <laughs> Which Great Business Show? That Great Business Show. Ho, 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 ho. So we have to kind of repeat it and then uh, get our message across Absolutely. what we are and who we are. So that's uh, how I got into podcasting. Um, I've been involved, uh, I still broadcast on News Talk for Splunk, on, uh, in English on Business Matters. I do stuff for BBC Northern Ireland. So I have all of that interest. I also have my own uh, PR company. Uh, and I'm always looking at, I have, um, uh, I've got two, I suppose, big projects that I want to get across the line about, um, particularly about uh, the, the funding of the 1921-22 revolution. I found a piece of information that I cannot share with you because otherwise I'd have to go and kill you. <laughs> but I want to make a TV one-hour special or even I might even make a movie of it as to the person. I think I found a person, one person, who put a massive amount of money into paying for our revolution 100 years ago and i found it by complete chance and i'd love that as a project i have so many projects i love cars and i want to make a tv series about cars but in a very very different way i detest i loathe um the what do you call it uh, james may and uh, uh, not here. that program the top gear that's not about cars it's about their egos i want to i can sit sad man that i am and look at a car, just look at a car. When I was a little, little boy, I used to go around, I was born, bred in Black Rock in South Dublin. Uh, I used to go around to the local um, car garages and get all of their uh, sales brochures. And to this day, I can put my hand about one foot away from me here into a box and I can pull out sales brochures for Mercedes, Rover, Minis, everything. I'm a slightly odd person for that kind of stuff. <laughs> so it seems it like must it, be, it must be um, exhausting being that interested in so many different things, yeah. being that inquisitive, Connell. That's only the beginning. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I am curious about a lot of things. And um, I noticed that about, I met Jamie before, he's a great guy, but he's very, he's the same. He's very passionate about different things. He's very inquisitive, which makes for a great team, a great business podcast, for sure. That great business well, podcast, even. Oh, thank you so much. See the way you said that? <laughs> the, the thing. Um, and, and yeah, he is, fan, as I say again, he's fantastic to work with. And I learn, I was never going to be, and actually we were laughing last week, he is a top class, an elite athlete. He was a lion, etc. So you can't get any better uh, uh, at being an athlete than he is or was. I was the other end of the spectrum. Uh, I was in school and I was that guy that nobody wanted to choose uh, on the, for, for team. I was the last guy chosen. I didn't really care because what I would do is I would chat to people on the pitch and or if I had to do anything else. Actually, when I was in UCD, they put me into goal. Now, I'm not talking about the first team. I'm talking about the Z team. If there was a Z minus one, that was probably me. And they, they put me in goal and they called me the windmill. Do you know why? 
because that's, right. <laughs> that's all I did. It was so sad. And I can't say, I'm not over enthused. I will definitely watch uh, uh, Leinster Rugby, but I watch it more for the human interaction. I wouldn't know, and I was saying this just to, to German, Jamie the other day, is that he talks about, you know, popping a loop. That's a different language. I don't even know what he's talking about. Uh, a pop pass means nothing. I never, ever played a game of rugby in my life. So I find his interest and he just comes at the world in a completely different way. I look at a movie and I was trained in TV by RT. Thank you very much. And when I'm looking at a movie, I bore people because I say, you know, that was a very bad cut. Or you see, do you hear this drop off in sound there? That's what yeah. I'm doing with movies. Yeah, I love movies. Uh, I love I, music. I do I the same thing opera. with the, uh, when, when I'm, I'm doing the um, when I'm doing the the you know the the back end of the podcast. When I listen to podcasts now, I can hear where there was rough cuts or things were cut out, or and I, it's yeah. very, very obvious to me. And I'm like, that's a that's a really sloppy job, you know. But um, <laughs> and I think the the interesting thing about Jamie as well is it, as of all of the Irish. Um, uh, Irish athletes, the, the kind of the the big names in sport and stuff like that. One of the things is like, what what do you do next after after sport kind of ends? A lot of the people kind of coast on the uh, on their name, or you know they do some commentating and stuff like that. But it seemed like even before Jamie was actually out of the sport, he was kind of uh, well known for the business side of things as well. Do you know that way? Like it was always it, he's got the, radar, the smart and it being smart, which he is. He was thinking ahead. Like anybody will tell you doing some commentary and I'm going to keep the wolf from the door and you've got to have a real business plan in front of you. So he's got the two bars and he's got uh, various investments and he's got his, um, his consultancy and he's got his coaching and, 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 and I, I mean, chatting to him, there is brand Jamie Heaslip and I know what he's going to do with it. And I know he's going to be hugely successful with it. And I hope he brings it international because anybody who comes on to that great business show, we always want them to be thinking of get, about getting off the island. As we repeat too often, maybe six million people on the island of Ireland, eight billion people off the island of Ireland. So um, it doesn't take a genius to work out that all the businesses here should be thinking of uh, trying to get do something abroad. And that's another thing I'm trying to do is um, you keep reminding me of all these projects that I'm meant to be doing and I'm not getting around to because I'm spending too much time on the uh, uh, getting the, that great business show up. I want to do on the radio show we used to do with my stockbroking background, a stocks and shares show. And that we changed that to uh, another idea altogether about stocks and shares. But I have a plan and I need a sponsor to go worldwide with a stocks and shares show, but done in a way that no, the, none of the other ones uh, are done. And I spent, I'm sure you guys do the same, an awful lot of time. Saturday, cleaning the house, is my time to try to find any podcast that I would say, my God, that's a great idea. That's fabulous. That's brilliantly done. Very hard to find because I find the American way of doing it, of shouting at you and being overly enthusiastic, yeah. just doesn't do it for me. I find the it's exact a same thing. thing. It's, it's like the, How I built it has a massive following, massive 
And I'd like to ask them, how do they build a following? It's yeah. one hour, an hour and 10 minutes of a guy having a chat. It's very nice. But how can you build into, I can't remember, have they got a million followers or something? It is I huge. Think more than that even. They're, they're huge. Like, But the the what you said there about the stocks and shares and stuff like that, I don't think there's anything like that. Like we're, we had yeah. someone on the podcast last, uh... oh, can you hear me? Am I back? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, Connell, can you hear me? I can hear you again okay. now. You okay. did go off there for a second. Okay, sorry about that. Um, yeah, so I was saying that the stocks and shares podcast thing, there's nothing really out there like that. I, and we had somebody on the podcast last week, uh, Michael Houghton uh, from the Irish uh, Fire podcast. Uh, he's big into investing. He was teaching us all uh, about, you know, making sure that we look after our retirement, all that type of stuff. Um, but like we were saying, that I was looking for some content this uh, this week about that. And all I got was um, that Kramer guy in America shouting uh, about what to buy and stuff like that. And I don't oh, really trust I don't really trust him. Oh, he's terrible. <laughs> like... And he has made absolute millions out of that. It's uh, no, that's not my style at all. But I do, as I say, I have that, that idea, and it's completely doable. And what's nice is because, uh, like Monty Python said, "What did the Romans ever do for us? What did the British ever do to, for us? They gave us the bear, like they gave us the English." And I would like to think that our command of the English is probably better than many, but we also know our stocks and shares as well as anybody in the US or in the UK. So mine, not mine, but I would like to chair an analysis. Say we were doing an analysis of McDonald's or Boeing or Mercedes or something. That analysis by guys from Davy or Good Body or one of those is as good as anything that you will find anywhere in the world. And that could be podcasted never know about that word. It, it could be broadcast by podcast uh, uh, to the world, and I'm well up for that. So that's uh, one of my many other podcasting ideas that I have to get across the line. They won't happen between now and Christmas, but next year I would like to have three, four other, say four, total of four <laughs> podcasts, separate podcasts running. Wow, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of work uh, to keep those going. But um, what would you say? Just when you were talking there, I thought about this question here. So say like you've had a, a long career in both being uh, on, like you said, RTE uh, for international le- listeners. That's the national broadcaster here in Ireland. Um, we counted today forty three countries uh, tuning into the Shark Pod. Uh, that's fantastic. So well, we're, we're, uh, we're we're I don't know. Some people are listen out there in the philippines you're very welcome but it's very uh local content that we're giving there but anyway so uh what, what would you say to somebody who are maybe leaving college they love media like you they they might have worked at a school or their college newspaper or something they want to be in media would you say to them to get going with some sort of podcast or would you say no go get your training wheels uh try to get into internships into rt into irish times or you know what, what do you think uh you'd say to people like that that's really interesting because I like to work a lot I don't really take holidays as I mentioned so my working day would be maybe 6am until 11pm and I'm not making a martyr it just so happens that I love absolutely everything I do and we had on that great business show last weekend or last week a positive psychologist professor Dr. Joe Burke Jolanta Burke from uh, NUI Maynooth and she I asked her that very question about me because she was telling us 
that we have to have downtime. And I said, but my downtime is working. And she said, well, if it works for you, that's great. It doesn't work for everybody else. And I said, that's fine. To answer your question, if I was a young person, man or woman, uh, leaving college or school, I would say, get into any media you can. Make the tea, make the coffee, sweep the floor, the usual thing there. But also get into podcasting and also make little movies and also learn uh, everything you can learn online nowadays. Get into photography, learn about framing. If you learn about framing with stills photography, you'll then learn about camera work. Once you learn camera work, you then go off and start making mini movies. Once you start making mini movies, you become a vlogger, blogger, podcaster, whatever you want to be. There's nothing stopping anybody from being all of the above. And then using so much clever software, you can then post all of it and you can become kind of famous. Now, it's not famous for the sake of being famous, but it's famous in some fashion to make a living, as in somebody will pay you to do some work. And that is when you make the breakthrough. There's, uh, it's pretty difficult to try to get into the Irish Times or RTE nowadays. But that said, there are always opportunities. In particular, they do, and I as an employer would also look at this, I would look at people who say, I want to come and work with you. If anybody is listening to this um, podcast and who wants to work, I am actually running, looking for what is called a runner or a greeter for that great business show, a person who will be at the most fundamental level just learning to put a podcast or actually what we use uh, the Dublin South FM uh, radio studios for our podcast. So they see a proper radio studio in action, how it moves. They can get the benefit of my couple of years experience. And I take no prisoners. I explain it to people and then we get on with it and we get it done quickly. And uh, so there's an opportunity. There you go. Now, how many people have uh, put a, a job offer? up on the shark podcast <laughs> not many not many uh you're the first well, to make, actually, so I, I, get... I didn't say i was going to pay them this is an internship i need you for a thursday afternoon for about two hours and i was going to put it up on my re- recruitment website Connell. I, I won't be doing it now i won't get paid <laughs> yeah. cool okay so that, that's kind of interesting as well you're saying that it, what what i got from that um that that uh, answer is the guys are there's nothing stopping people from putting uh, content out there now, which I think is a, an incredible thing. So there's going to be people who are consumers and people who are producers, right? So if you're producing uh, and you can have your own audience, that's something that uh, employers can buy as well from you. You know, it's, it's your personal personal brand. Like you should be creating your personal brand. Like this guy, yeah. this guy I know that went to, uh, he worked for Hope's Body. I think he's moved on now, but he, he was working in the, the, the US office when I went there for training. Um, and he had no uh, marketing background, uh, as in uh, he didn't go to university or anything like that. But he had a million followers on uh, on Twitter. So they said, you can do whatever you want. You'll figure it out. <laughs> you know? That is fantastic. <laughs> now, where he found those million, that's yeah. a really good question. Yeah. Because that is exceptionally difficult to build up that following. Yeah. And you have to, I mean, that's a lot of work. Yeah, so that's that was the thing. So I, I'm saying that it's not just, uh, I don't think it's, if people are, are, are thinking about, 
uh, going to university or going uh, to college and getting top marks. I don't know if that's going to, it's not the selling point that it may, may have been uh, in the past if a lot of people have that same degree, um, especially nowadays when you can differentiate yourself, like I said, uh, start vlogging about what you're doing, making videos. Um, this is just for, well, not maybe not just for media, but this is something that if definitely if you're into media, you should be having uh, a huge portfolio of stuff. Uh, and it's fun to make as well. And it's what to, to, to podcast or to write about or to whatever about something uh, you are passionate about. And you guys know that if you're passionate about something and you call it work, but it's not really work, it's because you love it. I, as I mentioned earlier, have no interest in, uh, uh, I should correct myself. Um, I did actually uh, tour the world with UCD soccer once upon a time so uh, but i was a i was a bag carrier not, okay. i never played you were the uh, runner in this in this case <laughs> i was the runner exactly they brought me to australia india hong kong through africa blah 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 and uh, yeah. india did i say that places that i would never have had the chance to see but i just made myself useful and suddenly i was on those trips Equally, if you make yourself useful, I mentioned those things about cars. If you're really, if you're truly passionate about a car, there's actually a guy called Doug Muro, M-U-R-O. If you haven't seen or heard him, he has the most gorgeous, simple uh, review of cars. He's an American and he's like somebody's geeky big brother, but I could watch him forever. Because he, you can actually see that he's utterly honest, truthful, and he gives his really quirky way. And he's got a few little quirky things that he adds in. And I love that. Is we've added into that great business show, Jamie's Words of Wisdom, anything like that. I just like twists that people latch onto. And um, Doug Muro, he has Doug's score or something like that. And he gives a quirky score on each car that he finds. And uh, that's a definite one for you guys to watch. Brilliant. 40, 40 minutes of your life. I think Beach. like you, you can, if you could pick a niche and it doesn't matter how niche it is and really go all in with it, you can really get a big following online, whether that's YouTube or podcasts. I know that but don't do what other people do. So if you choose sport and nothing wrong with doing that, find a different way of doing sport. That is not about a game of two halves, business end of the season, all those goddamn cliches. But find something weird and wonderful, a different way of doing it. When I was working with RTE, uh, they sent me out to the uh, Olympic Games once upon a time, and we were given a little booklet, and it gave me, in that tiny little booklet, the essence of every sport. In the, uh, in the Olympics and I just always think that anybody who's doing a sport, sports podcast misses out on that to add in essentials of every sport that just to remind people what it's about uh, dot it through just don't assume that everybody knows as much as you do if I'm ever talking about stocks and shares I go mental when people start talking about PE ratios, words that ordinary people, normal people never use. All I want to know is that, is it well run? Is it worth buying? And what are the threats? Simple, ordinary language. And so, something that I found is very unique about that great business uh, show is the format 
very different to most podcasts and, and unique and obviously comes from your background. Is that something you put a lot of thought into? Um, and by that, you probably know what I mean. The way it's the way it's kind of professionally laid out and numerous. I don't know how you have time to get three different, find three different guests for each each oh, show. Oh. Or for. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what is. Uh, suppose if I'm not doing it right after a hundred years of broadcast. Now remember, I was pr- properly and fully trained over years in RTE, and I am forever grateful to the people in the newsroom there who actually did train me, and I hope trained me well. And and then we had over the 13 years in Today FM, we had a winning formula. I mean, 90,000 people listening to business because we didn't play any songs. So they had to listen in just to business. That wasn't bad. And we that was forever tweaking our two lovely um, uh, uh, producers who built up that audience. One woman called Myra Hayes. She's down in Cork and she's still producing down there. And Ruth Devaney. We still have, I mean, we're still team, we used to be team SBS, we're still the same team. And when I was starting the podcast, I went directly to them. They gave me such and such advice, do this, do that, shorten it, lengthen it, whatever. And I would defer to them because they also know what they are doing. So, yeah, it works because I hope that people never get bored because if you are I mean, Mark, if I was doing an item about, say, HR, and if you were on, someone doesn't, doesn't, just doesn't want to hear that, but they want to hear about gin making or something, you can skip on. Yeah. So you have to have that. We're doing deliberately two men, two women, outside and inside of Dublin to get a gender and regional balance on every show. And that's, we, myself and Jamie decided that. So again, because if it was myself and Jamie the amount of testosterone that was oozed out of the uh, studio wouldn't be wouldn't be happy. So now with our two women minimum, it just bounces along much easier on the ear, and it just softens it. And we had a lovely uh, Hannah Rickson of Get the Shifts on last week, and just her modulation of voice because you said, uh, Nuke, that you know you're now listening to different podcasts and listening to the oral. Uh, satisfaction that you get and it's so important I listened who was I listening to the other day and I said God full of great ideas but what an awful voice I won't say who it was Um, but I would choose people on their voice as well just because it is it's it's an entertainment and if you have somebody screaming at you we mentioned that uh, lad kramer earlier that's not an entertainment that's just a nuisance it's an annoyance so that is um we we do try to it's all boxed off segments i try to do 15 minutes each but i normally because i love what they're talking about we try to we intend to ramble on to about 17 to 20 minutes probably at 20 minutes it's going on a little bit too long and that's again you learn that's you're indulging yourself maybe is that you've just got to cut back and leave the listener wanting that little bit more isn't that what you they always say to you that great entertainment is is if, if a singer sang four six hours then you get really bored. Yeah. But if they do 90 minutes, 90 really brilliant minutes, and then you call them back for an encore and they leave you after two hours, that is just the perfect mix. And Hollywood has given you that. Hollywood movies run 90 minutes because they work there scientifically. That is the optimum. And 
going almost full circle back to about podcasting. People are making 20 second, 20 minute podcasts, 45 minute podcasts, an hour and a half podcast. No, the jury is absolutely out on what is the right length. I think it depends on the subject matter. Yeah. We were just talking about this earlier, Luke. You know, if it's very informational, like uh, Michael Houghton's one, it's quite informational. It's mm-hmm. a lot to take in. You know, it's stuff that you can actually practically do. Um, I yep. think 20 minutes of that is, is enough. You can digest, exactly, yeah. And you can actually action it. Whereas, suppose you can get lost in a two-hour Joe Rogan chat with, you know, some astrologist or something, you know? Yeah. It's uh, it's 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 funny. Though, I like, I really like the the jam packedness of the of the shows, and like like I said, there's there's four people, and there's you've thought out the balance and everything like that. Um, and one one thing that you mentioned earlier on that I found as well, me and Mark have talked to loads and loads of people on the Shark Pod uh this year, uh, and you mentioned that you know there's there's something a little bit crazy about the the business people that uh that we talk about. Not cra- crazy is the wrong word, but there's there's something there there where they walk into a situation and most rational people feel like, well, this can't be done. I'm out. I'm going to get a job. Affect this, but they just keep on going, and uh, sometimes it's hard to stop talking to the people like that because it's like I want to see where this is going. Like, I want answers, you know? <laughs> I so agree with you. And that is because they are half nuts. You love them yeah. because they're half nuts. Yeah. And you, you you just say, what is driving you? Yeah. And uh, I love them. I absolutely love them. I gave a talk up in um, Donegal uh, Local Enterprise Office about, or oh, maybe three, I mean, day, month, years have been messed up in my head now because of COVID, but it was possibly three years. And... I was going to chat to them about something else. And then I just said, no, I'm going to talk to them about the misfits. And I put up a, um, a, a poster from a movie called The Misfits. And I just chatted away to them about an hour about why we're all mad. Anybody who goes, there's 250,000 SMEs. So there's a large number of these misfits of people who choose to do it for themselves, by themselves. And one of the things that I learned after... Stockbroking, I was a director of that company, so I was kind of running my own life a little bit. I then took time off and I ended up in a uh, PR company where I was a director of the um, uh, business or what you call a commercial side of PR there. And after a period, I had a very good boss, a very nice um, setup there. And we did, um, we were very successful. But eventually, something niggled at me. And it took me some years to realize that I really wanted to be my own boss. I, and I'm sure you guys are exactly the same, you know best of what you want to do. So when anybody with the best will in the world was telling me to do it another way, just rankled. And it wasn't that I was awkward. I just always felt I wanted to do it my way. And that's when I set up my original company, which is or uh, is still the Media Group, and that's the all of my other operations fall under the Media Group, and that's where we had a newspaper. We were about to uh, just before the financial crash in two thousand and eight. We were about to launch a um, senior magazine. We had made um, TV programs we had a load of things but the financial crash put an end to most of those dreams as has happened to many others so then we reinvented ourselves back into the pure end of things and then out of that uh podcasting is then is the new new thing in my life 
it's been a, a wild journey it seems like of uh a lot of it seems like it, it, your your life's been project based that's what it seems like it's like okay i'm gonna try this now i was a stockbroker for a while uh, like you said before the, the the podcast that you're uh you know setting up quail skulls as well it doesn't it doesn't seem all connected but i guess in the end it all comes together um so the, at this stage on the podcast we usually have this lightning round where mark kind of steps in and and, and and sees if we can pick your brain on a few on a few items here um just to finish with the podcast uh and it gives us a little I'm bit getting worried now <laughs> nah, nice and easy don't worry <laughs> this is good it's not okay. the grilling that i i've uh pitched us here okay simple questions but you know you can you can elaborate on your, on your answers if you like so what apps do you use the most on your phone twitter 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 and oh i have a nice one for anybody i live down in sandyman beside the sea and i have a dog and the dog has to be walked every day so i have one called my tide or tide in or tide cloud or tide something like that local t- local tide and that tells me when the tide is in or out and that determines when uh, my little um, white um, uh, westy goes for her walk a good deal what else do i use um Tune in radio sometimes, obviously Spotify to make sure that that great business show is listened to. But Twitter, I live on. I, uh, yeah, that'd be the go to every morning, every evening, and every minute during the day. Okay. Well, that answers my, my next question. What's your favorite social media? But um, what's the best business idea you've never acted upon? You probably have a list of these. <laughs> Ah, there's one which is burning the head off me. It's a podcast idea. It will happen. But I have so many. I mean, you now realize that I do a lot of things. And I need, there's one specific one that needs a sponsor. And that is, it's such a strong idea. And it's for the world. Nobody else is doing it. I know it's very kind of, I'm not telling you anything because I can't, but that is burning me up. Uh, any other idea? Um, I, I'm, I'm, I know that if I had got the national radio license, that I would have given RTE on for its money back in the day. So that always cheesed me off that we, were, we didn't get that license. And as you, for those people who don't know the history there, that particular people who won the license, there was um, funny business went on and a government minister resigned and stuff like that. And then the actual radio station failed. So it doesn't give me any pleasure that it failed. It gives me a lot of displeasure that a company like ours, which was above board, didn't get it. So maybe, but I don't dwell on, dwell on these things much. <laughs> so you're not giving away too much about your best idea we'll have to wait for that yeah we'll just out it. of interest what what, what kind of who me, would be a sponsor, a sponsor I'll have it tomorrow, have it tomorrow. And who, what type of company would would a, would a sponsor be generally for something like that out of interest? For the, for the one i'm looking for somebody uh, who wants to get a world audience of people who are i, I think a drinks company i had on the radio show a woman called media not the radio show the podcast Mary Sadler, Cool Swan. For those of you who don't know about Cool Swan, it is a liqueur, cream liqueur made in Meath by Mary Sadler. And she has just won. Now imagine this, an Irish, small Irish company, the world's best cream liqueur. Bailey's never got that accolade. And Bailey sells a zillion, billion bottles. This woman 
has her own moo cows. They pitch up the cream. The cream goes into the liqueur, uh, Irish whiskey, sold around the world. And I love her. And her brand and her drink would be the ideal one um, for this particular podcast. I have discussed it with her. Something may come of it, but somebody like that who has a brand that they want to bring worldwide that would have a feminine or a female bias would be ideal. Interesting. Okay. Um, Well, you already told us this one, but this is a question that we ask. What time do you get up at in the morning and what time do you go to sleep? Well, you start work at at 6 and you finish at 11 p.m., so... (laughs) Yeah, and even watching... Like, I sit in bed and I do all my social media, read the Irish Times, straight down onto uh, Outlook. You were asking about the apps. Outlook, um, uh, Gmail, I think... Maybe this is ordinary. I think I have 68,000 emails in my Gmail. I have, I mean, I just use it for everything. And a vast amount of information that comes in. And then I then disseminate that out. I'd have interest in various areas. Wind energy would be a big area. Oil drilling, a big area. Um, oh, there are so many things that I have an interest in. Uh, that And people that I would look after who have an interest in those areas that I kind of keep abreast of things. So, I mean, obviously, not, you, know, so you don't, you don't sleep much. <laughs> I kind of, I know it's sad, but kind of, I always feel like it's a waste of time. Of course I <laughs> I'm, sleep. I'm the same. I'm yeah. just, finally somebody who agrees with me. Yeah. I know yeah. it's wrong, but okay. Here, here, here's one. Um, if you could do business anywhere in the world, where, where would it be? Oh, I love this. I'll tell you what I'd love to do. Obviously, I love my little country, but I absolutely love sunshine. And I love Portugal. And I would love, if I had enough money, to sit in a um, little, not a little, why not a big, uh, kind of dream, you may as well dream big, a lovely house overlooking the ocean uh, in Portugal, but with easy flights home again. But you can, I mean, we can podcast from anywhere in the world. So that is a real possibility. I had a, an accountant once tell me of a lovely idea that if you are an accountant and if you're ACCA qualified, and I'm sure, Mark, you know all about this, you can practice anywhere in the world. Uh, similarly, an Irish accountancy firm can hire people in Portugal with an ACCA qualification because they are to that standard. They are the same standard as an Irish ACCA. And therefore, you can have a a subsidiary office down in Portugal and you could go down there and justify three, four, five, six months a year in Portugal. And I love the Portuguese. They're just gentle people and uh, gorgeous sunshine, nice food. What's not to like? Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. I, I love that type of, uh, like we talked about before, the the trackpads about lifestyle design as well, and all those types of things. We're just thinking outside the box. How can I work this out so I can get more sunshine and you know be on the beach in Portugal, but also get everything else that I want? You know? um, so that's really good. Hey, Mark, one more question before we let uh, Conal go back to his evening here. What do you think? Okay, right. Two, two more, right? Yeah. Is it is it who you know or is it what you know? Who will like this one? I think it's both. I'd love to give you a straight answer, say, or one or two, because when you need to, or here's a nice answer for you, when you need to know something, you need to know who to ask. 
How about that wow. one now? <laughs> There's a guy, for example, called Antoine Xavier. Antoine is an old, old pal of mine. Antoine, Antoine is Malaysian. He came to Ireland when he was 18, and he had sweet and nothing uh, when he landed here. Just a dream. And he builds up that huge accountancy firm, BDO Simpson Xavier, now just known as BDO. When I met Antoine, first of all, the, there were two of them in the office, uh, uh, Antoine and Dave Simpson. And um, when I, when he, when Antoine retired, he had 450 people working with him. And if you want really deep, sensible, grounded business advice, give Antoine a buzz because he just, he's been there, he's done it. And funnily enough, I gave him a shout out on the podcast the other day because he gave me some fantastic sound advice about the future of what I'm trying to, to build. So there's an example of, I didn't know, he knew, so uh, mm. I go mentors and everybody in business swears by a mentor. Um, they're, they're invaluable because they normally have your best interests at heart and yet they don't want anything. So I love my mentors. Very good. Okay, next, last one. If you could advise somebody to learn one skill, what would it be? Compassion. Don't like quick. people. American. I don't like people who don't have empathy or compassion. It's can you learn that? I think you can, and if you can't go and um, get uh, what do you call it, um, go to an analyst, and uh, you can know you can you know like anything in life you can learn. But compassion, just be nice to people, because my Jesus, every time, too often in, and I know that's that's unfair. Sometimes I've come across uh, the many, 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 many years I've spent interviewing business people. You'll find one stupid unpleasant guy and i just say to myself you don't have to be like that 99 percent of people in business are lovely and they're fun they may try to scam you or something like that but they're fun and they're uh, nice some of them just think that they have to be desperately hard desperately just too macho for me you don't have to one of the nicest guys one of the most successful guys that I came across in, um, in my interviews is Tony Smurfett. Tony Smurfett, from what I could find out, and I had a very nice interview with him, has no side to him. He works really hard, he's very successful, and he's not a gobshite. He's a really nice, gentle gentleman. So prove you don't have to be unpleasant and a gobshite and you know, hire him and fire him and all that kind of stuff. So compassion, be human. Be human. Okay, that might be the, the, the title of this. I don't know. We haven't settled on it yet. Uh, Conal O'Moran, thanks very much for joining us today on the on the podcast. Um, it's really, really interesting. I'd love to, because we're just, I guess we're starting out, Mark, in our, in our media uh, career mm-hmm. here with the SharkPod. So uh, to have a real pro on uh, has been, uh, has been yeah. great for us. And before we go, I have to say that, that Conal was the MC at, at Darwin Hawkins launch event when we had uh, James Khan over. Oh, really? Um, and he did an excellent job. And everybody said, like, that was it was an excellent job so uh, it was really really kind of interesting to see how, how you uh you know ask people different questions and the way you did it a true a true professional well, thank you so much right. yeah. <laughs> talk to you soon you can invite me back anytime at all <laughs> <laughs>